David, can you hear me? I can. How are you? Doing pretty good. How's your evening going? Not bad. Not bad. That's good. That's good. Happy Sunday, man. Happy Sunday. I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to thank you for uh, joining us on the broadcast today, man. Sure, not a problem. Yeah, pretty good. How you've been up to a lot of stuff over the last few years since we last talked. Uh, how's your? Uh, what you got coming up upcoming? Uh, I I'm going to be at RetroCon in Plano, Texas, uh, early part of November. After that, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Uh, there's some things in the works, but nothing finalized yet. So. I got you. You've been doing a lot of stuff, man. I've been watching you on the, the Twitter. We've been on friends on Twitter for a long time. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so retro event in Plano, Texas. For people that are uh, listening to the broadcast, uh, what are your uh, background? Of course, you've been in all some iconic franchises as well as you're an author, I believe, as well. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, people probably know me best from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I played the character of Zordon. Uh, big blue floating head. Uh, so uh, uh, that's probably where people might might know me from. Uh, but like, as you said, I'm also an author. I, I uh, am currently in the uh, in the process of wrapping up a four book series. Uh, that's a uh, supernatural paranormal series uh, uh, of books. Nice. So, thanks. What What is that about? What's the plot of that? A little bit about the, those four books. Uh, the, the books are, uh, uh, what we, the subtitle is the Lincoln Bright series. Lincoln Bright is sort of like the main character. He, uh, uh, he is what I call an attuned. He can see and hear things that other people can't, which most normal people might term as ghosts or phantoms. What they are is the leftover negativity of, uh, what a person, uh, is holding on to or some sort of uh, trauma or tragedy in their life that sticks behind after they leave. And Lincoln travels around the country with his phantom partner, Tommy Bennett, and they track these things down in order to clear them. If they don't clear them, then they will eat a hole through the fabric of reality to let some interdimensional beings in with that will gobble up the rest of the world. So that's what that's all about. Wow. That sounds awesome, man. Wow. <laughs> that sounds totally cool. You've done other. You've done some. We had somebody talk about you. You've done some steampunk and some short stories and some other stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. I uh, started seriously writing about 2010, 2011, and started sending out stories, and was lucky enough to to get picked up. Uh, I I uh, had a couple of steampunk stories picked up. I, I self published a superhero novel. Um, uh, I contributed to. Uh, 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 sort of like a Call of Cthulhu anthology that, that had a story in that, and oh, wow. uh, so yeah, just I, I I write about the kind of stuff that all of us nerds and geeks like, you know. So I, right, you know, I, I write about the stuff that that kind of like you know gets me all jazzed up. So very cool, very cool. You've done a lot of work. I mean, you've done video games. You've done you know, uh, of course, Power Rangers. Let's talk a little bit about Power Rangers. Yeah. That show was cutting edge and still is. And it's it's a, a very positive show that, you know, you take the the characters or, you know, you say, like your character says, teenagers with attitude, they're looking to fight the evil of the world. But, of course, the character-driven drama aspect of it, not just the teenagers, not even the villains, they're not all villains. They, you know, they're they kind of stuck in, like like you said, the negativity of that show, you, I mean, the book you were talking about. 
they've got their own inner demons. Can you talk a little bit about like what you took from being a part of that franchise and kind of like your perspective on that? Well, when we were first doing the show, of course, uh, this was way before the pop culture explosion. This was way before social media. So when we were doing the show, it was just a job. It was just something that we were, uh, a part of. And, um, my time on the show was was kind of bittersweet because my character was only filmed one time and then I just went in and did voices later on. So uh, I never really felt connected to the show uh, at that point, um, uh, much like the character of Zordon. I felt very separated from everybody. I was never on set with all the other actors and, and um, uh, you know, it just felt very distant. But it was very cool because I had grown up watching that sort of... Uh, import Japanese stuff. Uh, when I was right. growing up, uh, I grew up with Ultraman and Spectreman and, mm-hmm. you know, all different types of kaiju with Godzilla and, and uh, of course, uh, Gotcha Man, which in, are in, in the United States is Battle of the Planets. And, Battle and the Planets, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I was very familiar with the premise and it, it made perfect sense to me. And um, the I think the real secret sauce that they had, the lightning in the bottle for them was that they had the toys in the stores the day that the show premiered and mm-hmm. um, any other uh, kids fantasy show like that, whether it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Masters of the Universe, you had to wait six or eight months before the toys showed up in the stores. But here, you know, they were ready to go from day one. So I think that was really sort of what kicked it off into the stratosphere. And But like you said, I mean, the show was rated G with extra cheese, and but it was a very positive show. It was a very diverse show uh, in the early 90s. Um, we had a, a multiracial cast. We had uh, all sorts of different people from all around uh, uh, the globe and society sort of like pitching in to help. And it was a great mashup of, you know, uh, Western TV show meets uh, Eastern TV show and and. Uh, just a lot of elements coming together to capture the imagination of every five and six, seven, eight, nine-year-old mind in the country. I mean, I think it still holds the record as the number one show ever. For I believe it does. Yeah, 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 it does. So, yeah, it's pretty wild. So, yeah, for sure. You've got nowadays. You've got. Are we talking about the '90s, early '90s? I believe the show aired in like '93. Was season one? I believe. Yeah, yeah. We filmed uh, the show. Uh, 30 years ago this month in, in sure. October of 92. And then it went on the air in August of 93. That's right. Yeah. I remember the show very, very well. I remember the intro to the show when um, you had the Zords coming out and you had you calling the, the recruit, the Rangers it was cinematically awesome. I was ahead of its time for Saban entertainment was genius. It's a great show. Nowadays you've got so much science fiction is good. It's so popular in pop culture. Now, sci-fi mm-hmm. comic books, superheroes, when you go, I know for a while, you know, they didn't have any Power Ranger events at the time when the show came out. Now they have like Ranger Stop and you know, the other events. What, when you go to these conventions and, and just in general for pop culture, what, what is it like? What do you take from that? And you're kind of like your character of Zordon is one of the, you know, the cornerstones of 90s pop culture. But he's also a mentor and a very positive influence on just general, you know, a lot of people and even until today, you know? Sure. I mean, uh, I, I always walk away from those things uh, feeling very humble and grateful to be uh, uh, lucky enough to have participated in something that has become a touchstone for so many people all around the globe. I mean, 
the show was broadcast in 40 countries. Uh, you know, it was translated into, I don't know how many different languages. And uh, I'm always being told, you know, what an influence and what an impact the character had. And um, which is great. It's, it's fantastic. And uh, it's very humbling to know that, you know, people I've never met that are out there thinking about this all the time. And uh, the Power Rangers fandom is such a pass passionate group. They argue amongst themselves and, and, and they dissect the show uh, in all sorts of different ways to sort of right. find hitting meetings and stuff. And um, it, I mean, it's got such a resurgence in the last uh, five or six years because of the, the comic books and, uh, some of the new video game stuff that's coming out and uh, next year will be the 30th anniversary of, of Mighty Morphin. And, and so it, it continues to live on. I mean, uh, I had somebody tell me one time, you know, uh, whenever you go to these conventions, you're always one of the big three. It's Star Trek, Star Wars and Power Rangers. And uh, whenever we go to these things, there's always somebody cosplaying as, as a character from the show. And, um, uh, it's just latched on to uh, the collective consciousness of, of nerddom. Everybody knows Power Rangers, and, and right. that's really cool. It's super cool, and I've watched the show. I've followed the show for the last 30 years. You know, I remember Mighty Morphin very, very well because I was younger. I was about maybe – I got it. I was a little older when Mighty Morphin came out. I was probably like maybe like maybe 12 yeah. And I remember the show very vividly, the first three seasons, I remember the movies, but the original, the core cast, I believe, was Jason David Frank, yourself, and uh, uh, all the, you know, uh, all the characters in the Green Ranger, the Red Ranger, you know, all the original cast, and the movie cast, the original foundation of that show was so pop popular in pop culture, and now it's, you know, mainstream, but the just in general of, of like, I know you're, you're a fan. You like a lot of uh, pop culture and comic books. What are some of your, you know, like comic book characters or people that kind of inspired you just, just in, in your, just in general day that you take from as like kind of a, a mentor in your own life, just in general? Um, well, I mean, I, I grew up uh, in the late sixties and seventies. And so uh, I was, I, I was a huge fan of, of the Avengers, uh, comics uh marvel comics um and uh captain america has always been uh my number one superhero inspiration uh character um and and that's kind of you know worked its way into my own life and i and i think that found its way into uh the portrayal of the of the character you know you're right you're you're handed this role of somebody who's supposed to be a force for good so you know you try to emulate what what you look as look at as a force for good and and cap was always that for me so somewhere <laughs> you know in the dna of zordon there's a little bit of captain america uh but um i mean you know we, we're living in a zeitgeist of of uh popular entertainment uh right. i mean you know on, on some sense it's it, we're oversaturated with uh these sort of new mythic characters i mean these are these are our hercules and our uh greek myths these, these are our uh you know the the people that we look up to and uh what's really great about the show and what's really great about uh those kind of franchises and properties is that it inspires so much creativity in other people 
and right. they're always um there's always fan art there's always fan fiction there's always um somebody who's trying to do their version of power rangers or their version of the avengers and and so we keep telling these stories to each other for a reason and uh it's very from you know from an almost scientific point of view it's very interesting to sort of like be in the center of it and observe everything that's going on around you and trying to parse and make sense of it, it it's it's very interesting it sure is and like you touched on the the inspiration i'm not just what inspired you but i think we're in a time now um where people are looking for mentor figures or people or characters or fictional characters that inspire them to do something other than nothing be make the world a better place and these characters like you know captain america of course your character zordon superman whatever it may be is the maybe they they inspire people even now and could maybe generations to come it could be literally pop culture in essence like you said is a focalized lens to change the world well, I mean, what's what's really fascinating is that each one of us has a mini computer in our hands, uh -huh. and we carry it with us twenty four seven. We're we're always wired in. We're always you know one click away or one button push away from a communication. We're we're living in the future. I mean, that kind of stuff. When I was growing up, was science fiction. Uh, that was you know Star Trek kind of stuff, where or Dick what? Tracy kind of stuff, where you had a communicator at your whim you could you know just pick it up and and on your phone you can visit a different part of the world you can click facetime and talk with somebody halfway around the world and it's 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 so bizarre and um uh, i mean i think all of us right now because of um the pandemic and the sort of being shut down for a couple of years and slowly kind of crawling back out of it um we're we're coming face to face with a lot of systemic issues and problems. Um, and so I, I do think a lot of people are, are reaching out and trying to find some sort of stability, some sort of um, ledge that they can grasp onto and sort of like uh, catch their breath and, and, you know, take a minute to try to understand why things seem to be unstable, why things seem to be, um, uh, growing a little bit more darker than they need to be. And I, I'm, I'm that way myself. I mean, there are, there are many days when it, it seems like, can things get any worse? Can things get any uh, more out of control? And um, I, th I think we as a society are going to run into a, uh, a moment sometime in the near future where we're going to have to face some sort of reckoning about what we're going to do, whether or not we're going to, work really hard to change things or or something else will happen i don't know i mean but i think these entertainments that that we glom onto that we we do repeat showings of people you know re-watch these these shows and these movies over and over because they for you know for at least two and a half hours they become your your little anchor your little moment of stability um where things can be put right things you know things do work and right. uh, i think those are very important yeah i totally agree and the and not just pop culture but you had your old stories like jules verne and time machine and the old days and you got myths and legends of days past 
I wanted to touch with you, uh, touch base with you on the writing aspect. You're a writer mm-hmm. for people that are that are may want to create their own characters or you know create their own universes. From an author standpoint, what kind of words of wisdom or kind of things you could kind of give them to inspire them in that kind of craft? Well, I mean, uh, like anybody who aspires to to create something. Um, if, if you're not actively doing it, then it's just sort of one of those things that you might think of, well, I'll get around to it someday. And um, the first step that anybody can take, whether it's, you know, writing, painting, recording, uh, filmmaking, whatever, you actually have to get your feet, fan, hands dirty. You have to get in there and sort of start to play around with the toys and the tools, right? So, right. Um, what I used to do when I was nine, 10, 11, and I would just uh, retell the same stories that I had seen in the comic books the week before, you know, I, I would take the moments from those, those stories and rewrite them or copy them word for word, uh, you know, just to sort of like uh, create a, a short story for myself that I could, you know, uh, and I think that's what a lot of people are doing as far as like, with their fan fiction is that they're trying to keep in touch with the characters that they fell fell in love with on the show, but also taking them in their own new personal direction. And um, my best advice for, for any writer is if you want to write, then write, open up a, open up a document uh, or get a pad and a paper and just start putting words down and it's going to suck. <laughs> there, there is, there is going to be a lot of stuff that you will delete, erase, burn, <laughs> crumple up, and and never want anybody to ever see again. But those are the first hard steps. Uh, writing is like any muscle. If you don't exercise it, it's it's not going to get better. It's not going to get stronger. So um, put the words together. You know. Uh, read always be reading i mean uh i can't uh stress that enough uh i don't read as much as i should anymore but there was a time when i would devour a book a day i mean it's um as i as i've gotten older and because i've become a little bit more adhd in in my <laughs> in my old age because of those little computers we have in our hands or or whatever i mean it's always like something is is always screaming for my attention. Um, And a book is just very static. It doesn't move, you know, you have to turn the pages by yourself and all that kind of thing. But um, uh, you don't be afraid to jump in with both feet. I mean, if, if you want to write, then write and just, you know, I always remember the words from Stephen King um, when he was first starting to write and sending out his stories to see if they would get published He's, you know, he he put a nail in his wall, and every time he got a rejection ship, he he rejection slip, he would put that pink slip on that nail, and it got to the point where there were so many rejection slips, the nail fell off the wall, and he just put another nail in, and and that's what you have to keep doing. You have to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Wow, I didn't even know that about that's amazing. Wow, wow, that's some great words of wisdom there. Uh, I was going to ask you a question. 
you go to a lot of these events. Are you are you friends, or do you uh, do do you go to a lot of the ranger? Do you know a lot of the ranger or the newer ranger actors, or you more like know the older ones? And you know, yeah, I I I always make it a point to 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 introduce myself to new casts of rangers or f- to other rangers that I haven't yet met at um, at these conventions, and it, it's always a great time. I um uh. I don't know what it is about the casting process for Power Rangers, but they always seem to pick people with with heroic hearts. The the people that I've met that have been um, Rangers in their seasons, uh, they're always really personable. They're always very nice, and it, it's it's really cool to be able to share a a uh, a shared experience with like over a hundred people that have taken part in Power Rangers. You know. Uh, that's really cool, man. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. So that's about right because you had just thirty years, and you had maybe three or four seasons each. That's about a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the pop culture comic cons and just pop culture in general. What's your your favorite aspect when you go to a comic con? What do you what do you you another question is do you collect anything or do you like books or anything art or anything you like that you look for at these events? I I don't collect anything. I I um I. Um, I have been able to uh, reacquire some comic books that I grew up with, but again, I'm I'm not collecting any of those things. I I don't have a, a giant wall of, of Funkos or right. those are so popular. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I do have a number of action figures that have been gifted to me, or uh, okay. some Funkos that have been gifted to me. Um, but and and I don't collect it. I personally because that's such an expensive hobby and very expensive um, i just don't have the space to store a bunch of stuff and um that's that's not really where my interests lie and i I know i've i've met quite a number of fans who are collectors and they have these amazing uh vaults of um, merchandise, which is really, really cool. But, uh, you know, I stare at some of these pictures that I've seen of people's collections. I'm like, that's like $500,000 of stuff. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah. Or more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a, a friend, um, several friends, they collect uh, a lot of my, a lot of my good buddies, uh, the, you know, some of them are older than me. They have, you know, their mom would throw out their comics. And like you said, you had quit and reacquired some of your books. I was watching some of these books now. You know, you got them 30 years ago. You have, you know, an X Men number, what, four? First appearance of uh, Scarlet Witch is going for two or three grand in just the poor condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And back then you get it for like 50 bucks. So, you know, like you said, it is a very expensive hobby. Um, is there any upcoming, and I just, uh, my shows you're going to be, is there any upcoming books or anything you'd like to mention on, on the broadcast? Well, the, the third book in my Lincoln Bright series, Gifts, will be out uh, later this year. Or in January, January, February of next year. Okay. And, uh, then I just need to wrap everything up with book four. Uh, like I said, I'll be at RetroCon in Plano, Texas in early part of November. Uh, but after that, uh, I'm not exactly sure where I'll be. Some stuff is in the works, but nothing finalized. So um, just kind of looking forward to, you know, winding the year down and getting through the election. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this guy doesn't <laughs> fall, you know, so... Right. All right. Well, I was going to say, um, is there any social media links that you'd like to shout out, like Facebook, Twitter? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at David J. Fielding, or you can find me on Instagram at DJ Fielding underscore Zordon, or I'm on TikTok as The Real Zordon. Very, very cool. 
Well, David, I'd like to have you on the show. I was thank you for coming on this episode. I'd like to have you back sometime soon. Um, no, of course. Anytime. Yes, sir. And uh, you have a beautiful evening and okay. stay cool and happy Sunday. All right. Uh, we'll talk soon, sir. All right. Have a good night. You too, sir. Good evening.